inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Merry Christmas and welcome to Outlook. You're listening to us near the end of 2020. And thanks for joining us on our final episode of Outlook for the year. Yeah, I guess uh, Christmas is kind of, well, I mean, it's technically over when this airs. We're recording this actually. (laughs) It's come and gone. We're still, yeah, we're still pre-recording from home, of course, and we're recording this on how would you say this? I mean, it's Christmas Eve, but not technically Eve, because that's the evening. So Christmas Eve day, maybe? I don't know how you word that. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it's 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 I around noon on Christmas Eve <laughs> day. And we're recording this from home. I hear... But uh, really, really... Really, really what? <laughs> you hear what? No, you said really, really. So I was trying to see what you were about to say. <laughs> I was just going to talk about how I, I love Christmas, of course, but um, my favorite day recently was the um, winter solstice. So oh. that was my favorite day. And why that? Is was that? my Christmas. Anna. Why was that? I don't know. Favorite? I just, I just like the, I, I like the mood of it as a writer. I just, I don't know. I like to write about it and it's just an interesting time. Was, was of, that, um, was that the shortest day of the year, or did that happen a couple days after? I feel like I heard recently it was the shortest day. No, it's the winter solstice is December 21st. It's the shortest day of the year. Okay, so it is the same so, day. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, right now it sounds like it's, I think it's raining actually outside. I'm sp- still back in London, um, but I've heard that mm-hmm. later today it's supposed to turn to snow or ice pellets and then maybe snow. So I think we got some... Some crazy weather going up, coming on, and uh, I think it sounds like it might be white for Christmas Day. A bunch of snow. Yeah. Well, I also like that, so yeah, white Christmas. Yeah, it's kind of nice. I haven't been out a ton, but um, I'm assuming there will be some snow coming up. So, yeah, we're looking back on a crazy year that not, <laughs> none of us were expecting. But, I mean, I guess from my situation, all things considered, I'm lucky to still be doing pretty well and um you know i realize a lot, of, a lot of people are struggling and and i respect that and you know it's not easy but uh i am grateful of the way things have turned out for us and outlook this year so it'd be nice to look back on everything that we've accomplished and what do you think should we yeah i mean sh- should we start well, with our year overview or do you want to kind of talk about what we're up to now first the last few weeks have been kind of busy we had a repeat on last week yeah, let's talk a bit about what we've had, what we've been up to first. Um, you can go first. <laughs> um, well, actually, first of all, I just saw an interesting thing this morning on YouTube. I was watching, watching a lot of audio description lately, just discovering all the places that you can find it if you look, not just strictly like movies or TV shows that you get on Amazon or whatever. But um, yeah, I was listening to a movie trailer this morning on youtube 
<clears throat> by uh, about um, a Tom Hanks movie that's coming out here on Christmas called News of the World. Okay. And I didn't really know. I didn't know anything about the story. So this guy's on on YouTube now. He's put up that trailer, and he has one version where he describes it as it's going by, but you know keeps pace. And then he has it on again where he actually pauses it at different spots so he can really describe the trailer, like what the characters are wearing and. Um, so hmm. it was just a neat way. That's that a good idea. That. Yeah, because we we talk about when we talk about description here, we say how it's it can be tricky to to do it well, and it, it's hard sometimes to get all the info in that you want. So sometimes you have to pick what would be most important, and that can be a you know that can be a subjective kind of thing. No, nobody knows for sure. So it it makes kind of sense sometimes, and that's what our brother would do sometimes. We've mentioned how he describes movies really well for us. Occasionally, I'll be watching a movie with him, or you know, and I'll. If I ever say I'm kind of a little bit lost, then he'll pause it or, um, you know, even sometimes if if I don't say that and he knows there's a lot to cover, he'd do that. Whereas generally when you get a descriptive video for the most part, it's just a track through the movie and you can't pause it and get more information. So that's kind of neat. Well, yeah, it's nice to have a, a live describer sitting right with you mm, versus well, yeah. the alternative. But. A little harder, but... I guess you can technically do that now with Ira, the service that, I mean, it might be a little expensive, but you can uh, pay. It's it's a pay service and the, the people get paid actually to, to work for Ira, but you could, you could technically call someone up and they would be able to see the movie and, and uh, describe it to you in your headphones. Or even if you didn't like uh, a voice, they could text you what's happening and you could read it on a Braille display. Did you ever wow. That? I didn't think of that. That's a good one. You don't want to hear their voice. Well, you know, if you're if you're in the middle of watching a movie, yeah, you, yeah. or if you're watching with someone sighted, you could just have a, you could either have your braille display or you could right. have one earbud in with the person's voice from your phone and then, you know, the other person wouldn't have to. Although sometimes sighted people do like the description. You know, I've heard a couple say that they, a couple people before say that it's interesting sometimes to watch a movie with someone who's who's blind and, and have the description on as well. So it depends. Well, I dare sighted people to do that more than I dare them to put on a blindfold and pretend to be blind. I say, watch a movie, get audio description. Yeah, Usually because... a setting now on things. Because that's the type of thing that in life might, you know, organically happen if in your life is if you're, if you're friends with someone who's blind or you end up meeting someone who's blind and you want to watch something, you know, you might be something that would be inclusive and good to get used to. Whereas wearing a blindfold, I mean, I know like mobility instructors do it in the beginning and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, They'll be teaching blind people, and I can see some points to it, but at the same time, I mean, it's uh, it's not really an accurate representation. It's not really something you would do practically, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I was I was watching that trailer, and it made me really want to watch the movie now. <laughs> so, I'm oh, looking cool. forward to it. I hadn't heard of and it. And also, yeah, well, um, Tom Hanks is one of, probably one of the best actors these days, I'd say. Um, Our listeners, but, uh, if you have yeah. any uh, feedback on that or agree or disagree with Carrie, you can email us at outlookonradiowestern at gmail.com. Is Tom <laughs> Hanks the best actor out there? I, I'd like to become a movie critic, so yeah, see how, see how that works out. Um, the other thing I watched with audio description, I watched it on TVO, which is TV Ontario, obviously here in Ontario. Uh, there's, um, anybody could probably get it, though, because their, their website is actually pretty good online at tvo.org. Um, and I've often said that I think we're lucky here in Ontario. I mean, I don't know if other provinces likely have one, the same sort of thing, but hmm. that we have that t- that TV channel here in this province. I think it's a really great channel. Like it brings a lot of great 
documentaries and things to my to me that I wouldn't maybe also find. So I found this one the other day and it was really peaceful. Um, but I missed the audio description track. So when they aired originally on the original premiere date, um, they would have audio description because I have it set on my television to get to get it. It's like this with the SAP settings. Um, so yeah, so I could I could watch it with audio description, but um, I missed the premiere night. So I watched it. They replayed it on another night, and they didn't. I guess have audio description that time. So hmm. I, I went on the rep, their website and they, they, you can watch their documentaries online and uh, it just had a, an option for me to click, um, turn on audio description. Okay. And so then I watched, I watched this nature documentary. Uh, it's called Borealis, you know, like Aurora, Aurora Borealis. Um, but it's about um, the area sort of Northern, can't like in the north northern ontario i think they shot it in alberta and a few other places um and it's just about the trees and that that climate the boreal climate up there it's almost like desert like it's you know so dry and cold um but they so they had scientists they were interviewing and and botanists and biologists like a whole bunch of interesting um few indigenous people from certain areas where they were filming and uh yeah, so it was a really great audio description of the of the nature scenes. Um, I mean, obviously there's interviews and there's talking and stuff in the documentary, so I didn't need it. I could watch it without, and I did, but right. it was nice to have the option. Yeah, and just a little bit of extra description on on uh, on the nature natural settings and, and yeah, uh, hmm, sounds nice. Sounds like something I could I could imagine. Well, you specifically, but anyone watching at this time, just to calm everyone down and. Well, that, that's, that's what nice. it was doing. I, I wasn't able to wander by myself in the boreal landscapes of Canada. Um, so I just, yeah, I put myself in that place for like an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great that the website has those options. And Yeah, we've been talking a lot about accessible websites on this show. Uh, our interview uh, a couple weeks ago with Judy Robinette, we talked a lot about that. So it's important yeah. to have an accessible website. It actually... It actually made someone um, I, I know of um, who's trying to set up a yoga website with videos and stuff. Um, she heard that interview and she's like, oh, I didn't even consider all those things when I'm thinking about making my building my website. And I said, oh, did, I was like, did it scare you? And she said, no, no, it just made me think. It's like, oh, well, it, I would have understood if it did a little bit, but. Well, yeah, so it's I mean, making it's, people aware, and that's yeah, and that's the point, and that's the thing I think that she pointed out about how the um, Ontario or Ontarians, the word I couldn't say on the show, <laughs> with Disabilities mm -hmm. Act, and these these things come into effect, and they're supposed to make ensure that everything is accessible and inclusive, but then they're not really enforced, and I think these are very important topics, which we don't want to get too into today. We wanted to keep this show a little bit lighter, but uh, it's just uh, mm -hmm. it's something that we always do talk about on this show, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, audio description, that's a big one. Um, I've been to a few con like online conferences in the last several weeks because I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> Sorry. I don't know um, when last time is we, we just had one of our episodes that you and I are talking. We've had a lot of guests. Like, do you have the stats there of the last time you and I? Yeah, um, I'm not exactly sure of our last date. I think it was sometime in, uh, in. Uh, let me see when our last 
when our guests were on here. I have a whole list. We're going to go through these at some point. But I, it doesn't look like we had any guests in between October the 26th and November the 23rd. So I'm guessing November the 16th would have been our last episode, just you and I. So just over a month ago, a month, right. a month and a week. Um, we did go to right. a conference, an online one, put on through a something called Thriving Blind. Um, yeah, it's, it's a... It's a mother who uh, has three children, and two of them are visually impaired. So she, right? They also have wrote, uh, they also have Liebers and... like us. I think Liebers congenital amaurosis. I believe so. Yeah, um, but yeah, we went to that, and that was a few weeks ago. Now we were going to maybe do more of an in depth episode on it, but it just kind of came and went. We had so much else going on, but it was it was interesting to go to. There were a lot of quite a lot of guests. I don't know if there's any memory specific about that you want to talk about, or if there were other conferences <laughs> you were thinking about more to talk about well i have a few other ones but um no i mean yeah well i went to um this thing called the portland justice collective uh so that was a woman out on the west coast in, in portland oregon put it put it on and she had a lot of interesting guests um talk about dealing with um weight and gender issues and different things um and, and uh yeah i guess they're pretty active out there on the west coast for those sort of things activism mm. um and the other one i went to was um one put on by march of dimes which i, I assume people know what march of dimes is but i kind of i did have to explain it right you hadn't really i've heard of it but i never quite knew either exactly what it mm -hmm. was so so that was an interesting one lo more locally, but obviously um, March of Dimes is more for um, strokes and um, brain, yeah, brain injuries and um, different things like that, more, more than like blindness and stuff specifically, but yeah, they had a lot of the same, they had some seminars on activism and things. And, um, but yeah, the one, the one, one of, one of them had a, a politician on, on the panel and uh, I, and they had a really actually good platform and I was able to write in a question and send it in and they answered it. And I, I just sort of asked like, how do we as ad, ad, advocates and stuff, how do we reach out to politicians to actually get things done to get our message heard? And I said, <laughs> I said, how do we know how to find politicians and get them to listen? And how do we know the how to sort of separate the ones who are willing to listen and they're in politics because they want to make a difference. Cause I know there are still out there. I'm not saying that there aren't, but I just sort of, I got snarky at the end of my question, I guess, cause I'm sort of bitter to the whole process um, before even really starting. But um, I just sort of said, how do we tell the difference between the ones who are hardworking and want to make a difference from those who, uh, you know, are, are in it for the power. And I said, power trip, I think <laughs> and I, maybe I, maybe I insulted her cause she sort of came back with that. Well, you know, you, we're not politicians aren't bad we're here to help and just go well to yeah it's, to it's us. one like, of those things it's it gotta seem... be it's it's like a lot of things it's got to be tricky because like you say there there is an overall sort of feeling that yeah a lot of politicians are in it just for the power and it's like anything there are some who are but there also are a lot who are actually in it to to make change so it kind of sucks to be one of those that is making change which i still think is more <laughs> than the ones that don't want to I think uh, yeah. always the negative things stand out more and you remember more. So I think that's why people feel that way. So it's it's kind of, you know, it gives me a little like extra respect for politicians, especially the ones, obviously not the other ones, but the ones that do care because 
it's got to be a tough job because mm-hmm. you're constantly being criticized. You can never please everyone, and yeah, got to be tough. Mm-hmm. But I, but I also see your point about being frustrated. So, did you get a good? Uh, <laughs> was the answer helpful then, or was she, were you too negative in your question? And she just no. Well, she did answer me, but it's sort of the, the simple like, oh yeah, we're out, th- we're there to help. Just reach out to us and. Yeah, I think it's one of those fears that we've talked about a lot with the Canadian Federation of the Blind and we need to do this more. And I think it's just here, like, I mean, Canadians in general, I think maybe more so like less than in the U.S. about politics, but just people in general aren't always comfortable. And it's one of those things you just have to do it once and just face the fear because, yeah, I'm the same way. I don't really know how to talk to a politician and what exactly to say to bring awareness to uh, other things and our organization and stuff like that and our advocacy efforts, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's like I, I, I realize, you know, the good ones and things. I, I know I'm being pessimistic about it all. There's a pessimism around politi- politicians for sure. But, and I think it's the type um, of thing if you if you were to arrange an actual meeting or like on the phone or whatever with a politician, you could, you know, I feel like you have pretty good instincts. You could probably tell. You can probably get a bit of a feel after you talk to someone. If I mean, sometimes maybe they're good at fooling that, fooling you, and thinking that they care. But other times, I feel like you might be able to t- sense if. Uh, and then if they aren't, then mm-hmm. just say, "Oh, I guess I'll look to talk to someone else because they're not giving me the time of day." I don't know. Anyway, um, a lot of these things are happening on Zoom now, obviously. And today we're are using yeah we're using Zoom. So we didn't. I didn't funny. bring that up at the top of the show. I don't think so. Yeah, it's the first time. Uh, well. It's great. Uh, just a few weeks ago, the Canadian Federation of the Blind finally got Zoom set up. And before that, we were using a conference phone line for our calls, which, you know, it got, it got us through. And it's been, they've been using it for years since we got involved three years ago. But it's kind of time to move on with the technology. And uh, Zoom, I find, is a lot clearer for a lot of people. Not everyone, but for the most part, you know, you're using internet connections instead of a phone call. So just for a bigger meeting, and a lot of people commented already that, you know, they could hear people better. And it's, it's just, it's nicer. Plus, we're we're in the works of planning our virtual convention for May for the Canadian Federation of the Blind. So, just a quick heads up on that: it'll be the very end of April into into the beginning of May. Those first couple days there. So, we'll keep you updated more on that later. But we needed Zoom for that, so that urged us to finally get it, and it's been great. Um, and I'm using it today as well, although not through the CFB this time, just my personal one. Because I guess you can just talk to one person on Zoom for free for as long as you want, but. Uh, yeah, it's been kind of nice to have, and we actually had our first sort of just social kind of event for the CFB on Zoom last Friday night, just kind of a celebrate celebration the end of the year. People were having a couple drinks over Zoom, just chatting, and I was the host for a while, which is kind of fun. And Yeah, yeah we up, had a piano piano player who was awesome. Yeah, who we're going to have. Charlie, a, Charlie Brown theme. Oh, yes. Played some Christmas songs, and we're going to have him on, actually, in the new year. So stay tuned for that. I yeah. know we have a few guests in the works, but before we get into that, maybe we'll talk about this year's. Um, but to have a musical guest, that'll be fun. Yeah, he's actually going to play um, a couple songs on the show, which will be nice. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, yeah, that's exciting. And we're moving yeah, into the um, 21st century with Zoom now. I guess so. Um, I just did want to say about um, the March of Dimes, how I was explaining to you the other day how it was started when polio was raging, uh, raging around and, uh, at the time, that's what a lot of people could donate a dime. Um, however much a dime was back in the fifties. Um, yeah, it's hard to imagine. you know, it's, it's a value. Yeah. It's hard to think, but, um, 
Yeah, so that's a March of Dimes, and I don't know if they're claiming that's what got them to the to the cure to the vaccine, but I'm sure it helped. Um, so yeah, it just ma- it makes me think of where we are right now with COVID and uh, the vaccines starting to roll out. And you and I have talked before. Um, I saw this old, funny. I saw this old video that, that some news eight or a network showed of some footage of these kids and families lining up outside of a school and. I think it was 1961, and they they had two rollouts of the vaccine for polio, I guess. Like, it came out, but then they had different versions, kind of like we have, and one of them apparently wasn't even a needle. One of them was they could just put a drop of it on a, on a sugar cube. So they have this footage of these kids filing into a school, and they just get a sugar cube in a little cup, and they just put it on their tongue and dissolve it, and they got... Huh. They got uh, the protection against that terrible disease, which... Um, wow. One of the reviews I did this year on, on Outlook, of a book review was um, from a disability activist named Judy Human, H- right. Human, and and uh, she had polio as a child. That's what put, um, put her in her wheelchair. So Oh, right, right. I remember that now. We watched, she was talked about in the documentary, the Crip Camp documentary too, right, that we covered on the right. show this year also. So yeah, yeah. You, you also read her book, but uh, we both saw the documentary and yeah. yeah, so she was born in the late 40s and, and she contracted polio before there was uh, vaccines. But it just makes you think of that. And I was, here, was, I was like reading a, a lot too about how back then, I think it took, I don't even know exactly how long, but a few years anyway for the polio vaccine. It was a pretty, mm-hmm. whereas today this mm-hmm. one was so fast and I know a lot of people maybe, there's a lot of discussion on that we're not going to get into, but the fact is, you know, technology's changed. We have more connection around the world with the internet and technology and people and and if things really need to get done, they can get done quickly. And it's, it is exciting. I mean, we still have a long way to go. Let's all still be safe. And not that I like to harp on this too much, but it is important, you know, think about others. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, be patient on outlook on outlook. We're not preachy here. We just, you know, we're trying to stay safe through this. And, uh, we've talked maybe before and we'll talk more about broader meant, um, different conditions and things in the, in the new year on outlook but ours our other condition is kidney failure so you know there isn't much um testing ha- um being done on kidney transplant patients um, right i mean there's so much who, to test who get and the virus i don't even know how yeah. they i don't know enough about how they test but how do you how do you t- yeah. do tests on maybe there's another way to do it without actually doing the test on the patient but how do you you know try out these vaccines on patients that are already immunosuppressed and then that, you know, that could make them sick. And if they don't know for sure the research, how do they get the research? I don't know. But I think it'll just take a little bit more time maybe for it to get approved for people like us because you have to weigh the risks of getting the virus compared to the risks of a vaccine that might maybe interfere with the medications we're on or our kidney uh, function in general. So, you know, although the virus can interfere Uh, interfere with that too. So it's a, I don't know. Yeah. You know, so the doctors don't seem keen. I mean, first frontline workers and people in, in long-term care homes. So people who are immunosuppressed and things that comes up on the list. Um, but then at the same point, if you're a transplant patient who's immunosuppressed, yeah, the doctor that I spoke to seemed a little hesitant right now. Well, yeah. And it's again, it, to recommend the, the it's a balance, vaccine. And, I, and but, I'm sure that's a lot of different conditions with that, um, you know, affect the immune system. I'm sure a lot of them aren't totally comfortable with it yet because it is brand new and it's just barely starting. So it's, it's one of those things. And it's also just, that's why it's still important for, for us not to, well, for everyone, 
you know, not to get it be be seeing other people or besides, you know, very close family or something. Um, I'll be going home later today uh, for Christmas for a few days just to stay with Carrie and very close immediate family because I do live on my own. So, you know, makes sense to go mm-hmm. go to see one one person. But, you know, we're not seeing everyone. Our, our brother's family's not coming down from Toronto this year because it's just too risky now with everything going on. So, yeah, it's kind of sad. But um, I did get a nice card from them in the mail with Braille. I don't know if you checked and got yours. Oh, yeah. I checked uh, on Monday and I still hadn't received it. But <laughs> our, our brother said he sent them out last week. So maybe by now I have it. I should check again before I leave today. But that's well, it, pretty it, neat. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's still impressive to me how much time they must put into it. Because it, it, it had quite a bit of Braille in that card this time. Nice. Yeah, well, I think we've talked Message before. From- We've talked before about yeah. how uh, we've been, I think last Christmas we were playing with the Braille or, or at least previous Christmases when they were down, um, you know, our niece and nephew, mm-hmm. Sophia and Max. And so they, you know, our brother's been showing them a little bit of Braille and, and uh, yeah, it's neat that they can all contribute and make cards like that. Mm-hmm. And then I sent, I sent a card their way and I put Braille in it and I didn't have someone here printed out with a pencil or pen underneath so they'll have to decipher it right well they can anyone could technically translate if you go online and look up braille you know you could you could figure it out i don't know if you did it in grade one braille or grade two uh i just stuck with grade one so it's basic yeah so there's no that's that's fair to do contractions to to most people who aren't you know generally braille users a little easier to translate (laughs) without short forms yeah um and uh speaking of braille i did just have a that weird experience i shared last night about i was writing my braille display here my electronic braille machine and yeah i thought that one of the dots wasn't popping up properly in the machine and it just turned out that i i pushed the wrong combination of dots down like i used the rough i used um a braille contraction <laughs> an ou instead of an er anyway it was a weird moment that i was panicking that i had to uh, um you know get a new well, electronic we've talked a device bit of, at christmas we've talked on this show a bit about how well for one i dropped my display leaving the studio when we used to still go in and do the show in there and uh right luckily i got it sent away right away and they did cover it uh, under warranty i was lucky but you know we we've had some ba- bad experiences so it's easy right away to jump to that conclusion and, and get a little bit worked up if we notice any <laughs> issues with these displays and they're also just something that we use so much you know so it's it's one of those things that it's obviously you can survive without it but it is something we definitely depend on and yeah it can get serious so mm-hmm. and uh speaking of braille yeah we are going to talk um about world braille day which is coming up so we'll be talking about that uh some of the events that are being put on that day and what we're going to talk about on outlook because uh, we talk about braille a lot of course but World yeah, Braille I was just going to say, we started off this year back on January the 6th with an episode of, uh, about Braille Literacy Month. So just to think right. way back then, almost a year ago now, how different things were. Oh, but yeah. uh, this, you know, obviously the Braille Literacy Month is, c- comes again because it's an annual thing. And that's, that's why, because it's an important thing that needs to be brought up as much as possible. And uh, we talk about it no matter whether it's Braille Month or not, but it's nice that it's coming up and we'll have a, some special programming for that. We actually have one... Uh, one related somewhat topic uh, coming up one episode we've recorded that's in uh, in the can i don't know is that an expression <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of weird yeah it um, was this pick 
Picora Wiley. She's the public service librarian at NELS, National Network for Equitable Library Service. Um, so yeah, we had a nice conversation with her and found out all about her her home country of New Zealand and what she thinks of Canada, but then oh, talked to her about libraries. On the, the interesting part about the New Zealand. Oh, well. It won't, oh. It'll, it'll be on in uh, in a week, so people people will hear it again. But it's a, it, it, I, We had to talk about her, and she's got an interesting name. So. For sure. All right, well, we're coming, yeah, up, we're coming up on our halfway break, and since it's just you and I, it's a little easier to cut you off and, than it is to our <laughs> guests. So we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Outlook here, final episode of 2020 on Radio Western, and we will be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Outlook on this morning. That's nearly 2021, but not quite. Yeah, right? we're getting close down to the down to the wire here. So, Brian, what have you been up to? Well, you asked that very professionally. <laughs> you wouldn't think we, uh, you know, knew each other. I was just a guest or something. But um, oh. yeah, the last so the last few weeks have been pretty busy um, for me, actually, which is <clears throat> kind of good and bad. It's like anything, sometimes you feel like there's nothing going on and then everything kind of hits all at once. But um, yeah, so I always feel really weird promoting my own stuff, but at the same time, I know it's important to do. I guess that's why some bands or people hire, you know, marketing people and stuff like that to do it for them. It just feels a little more, something about it feels nicer if someone else is doing it. But at the same time, it's when you put a lot of work into something, you want to, you want to put some. Would you like, would you like me to? <laughs> take over well i don't know you can you can chime in or if you want to start it off i mean I, I can go into a little bit more detail probably um yeah you know more what you'd want but, to say uh yeah so i was in a band well still Ooh. am in the band although we were kind of on just hiatus never broke up but our uh, lead our singer and uh other guitarist moved to toronto um so we've been on a hiatus for a few years but uh we used to practice in your basement a lot um when uh, yeah. our singer lived in London and went to, I met him at Music Industry Arts at Fanshawe, and we played all the time in your basement. And at the end of 2016, finally got around to start recording some of our our songs. Well, I guess all of them, all seven. Um, and we recorded drums in your basement back at the end of 2016. It's crazy. I thought it was the end of 2017, but then I looked at the dates on the Pro Tools session that we recorded the drums, and it was in December of 2016. I was like, whoa. So it was already four years yeah. ago. Um, it was right before I was preparing to go to Mexico. Right. So, and that, yeah, that was obviously before this show started, even before my music show, Chin Music, started. So crazy how long ago it was. Um, but our drummer, you know, spent we spent a whole weekend, two days, recording all the drum tracks. And so he was done. He had his work done, and then he was kind of like, when's it going to come out? But, you know, <laughs> we had to do all the other, add all the guitars and bass. And, you know, we didn't do any of this in a professional studio. Well, I guess we did do some at Fanshawe and they have some pretty nice little studios in there, but we didn't go and pay a studio to do it. We did it kind of all ourselves and it took a long time, but um, actually this year in about October, our drummer ended up just out of the blue messaging the group and said, I'd love to hear a Riker song. You know, sometimes you just want to hear something from the past and, so that kind of insp that kind of got the ball rolling again, and I did a quick mix of a song, sent it over, and that brought up the excitement. And then our our singer in Toronto, he works at a studio there, so he kind of took over from there and finished mixing. and And uh, I had to record guitar for one more song that I hadn't done, so I finished that and 
we worked on mastering and everything and finally put it out last Friday. So it just feels good, you know. I think this year's been a challenge and it's nice to have some sort of a positive ending to it and put some music out in the world, I found. Throughout all this, music's one thing that really kept me going. I think so. Um, I think it's something everyone can fall to, you know. Even look at this year. Some of it was more was recordings that people had done before the pandemic, but also during the pandemic, it's possible to do things remote, you know, record a track and send it over to someone by email and they can add stuff to it. So, you know, it kind of maybe this pandemic sort of sparked us on to finish this. We were, I was hoping to eventually, but I didn't know how serious we'd take it, how much time we'd actually still put into it. But we ended up putting a lot of time and getting it out. So, yeah, I'm happy to have it out. It's currently yeah, it's on, beautiful. on Bandcamp. Thank you. Um, so it came out last Friday on the 18th on Bandcamp. Well, I guess that would be two Fridays ago if you're listening to this on the Monday, the 28th. Anyway, came out the 18th of December, and you can find it at Riker Music. And that's R-I-K-E-R music.bandcamp.com. And I guess you've got to put a www in before that or an HTTP, depending what browser you're in, because... Sometimes if you don't include that, it won't take you to the website, as I found out. But I think with, oh. my, I think with my Mac, um, it it's automatically ad, ad, adds that stuff in, but not all computers do that. I know a couple people were trying to find us, and they just typed in rikermusic.bandcamp.com, and they said, it just brought up some weird Google search. How do I... So <laughs> sometimes you need to put in the Ws or the HTTPs or whatever. So Anyway, it's up there. We're going to have it on streaming services in the new year. It takes a little while to get up on those. But on Bandcamp, you can stream it. Um, from there and you can also download it uh, we set it at seven canadian dollars there are seven songs on it you can also buy them individually for a dollar each or all seven for seven and uh yeah our singer and guitarist tom had a friend do the artwork for it um so yeah i don't know it just feels great to finally have it out in the world and now it's trying to promote it a little bit i guess and get it out there so i have to say i i, I enjoyed the music you and your your new sort of configuration your new group has been making in the last little while but um it's easier to remember the the band name Riker than it is because i always get your other band mixed up saturn rings or saturn's rings that was right no you were right first time don't second guess yourself you got it right on the first saturn saturn rings yep but yeah this this one was definitely the most more developed i found like you know it's and it all depends on the members you know having having tom in the band with an with a vocalist's you know, I've been more mm-hmm. used to working instrumental, which I enjoy a lot of instrumental type music too, but it was nice to have a, a singer. And hopefully someday when everything does clear up, we will meet up sometime in Toronto for a couple practices and then we'll have a, have a couple shows. So we'll mention those if, someday when they, when they are able to happen. Nice. Yeah, so that's what one else? project. Um, there's <laughs> one other one. I don't know if you want to maybe briefly start talking about that one and I'll... Uh, fill in the blanks yeah i've been talking for a bit here so well there's the there's the 24-hour marathon radio show brian listens to every christmas put on by john solomon which i'm sure most of you have heard of oh yeah everyone knows (laughs) oh yeah everybody knows of it um it's a big christmas tradition well i mean he has been doing it this is his 32nd year doing it um right it's out in new jersey in the u.s so yeah unless you've Unless you're in certain communities, you know, you probably wouldn't have heard of it. And without the internet, I probably never would have heard of it. But it was about six years ago I I heard about his show. And he does the show every week, just a regular radio show and plays lots of music that I like. um, Lots of independent. I've been listening enough years with you. And my favorite things are um, the, 
what's the snail story? <laughs> oh yeah, you're back to the, the marathon one. Yeah, it's called like Snail Dartha. It's the some the Christmas snail. It's really it's really strange it's a, if you look it up. It's a it's a strange Christmas story. It's yeah. awesome. Uh, but um, so we've been submitting things, and he'll air them. Yeah, well, it's a pretty um, neat show. So it's it lasts yeah. now 25 hours long. He does it straight through. Um, this year he's doing it actually from home. They've rigged it up so he can tap into the radio station from home and stream, which is pretty amazing. Um, maybe someday we could do that if this, well, hopefully this pandemic clears up and we don't have, we can go in, but still it's a neat option for people that can't always go in. And, um, but yeah, it's, uh, he accepts any listeners or musicians or friends to submit either a story, which we've done a couple of years where we've did more audio mm-hmm. pieces, or it can also be yeah. a song. So this year for the first time, we submitted a song actually. We were trying to submit it last year, but like everything with me, it's always short notice and last year just didn't pan out, um, which mm. maybe in some ways was for the best because this year I was super happy with the results. Um, maybe if you don't just want to talk quickly, <laughs> we have to kind of move on soon because we have a uh, I don't. I don't know when you when you first started writing this song, but it's got a nice basic demo that's just acoustic guitar um, and I added some lyrics to it. Yeah, so uh, like I think you said, our idea a, a year ago, and yeah, our idea came up to submit a song for this sh- the show, and then I had a couple parts I had already written um, previously. I think maybe back in th- that main part might have been. I know it was on our when we, had, we still just had a podcast, Catch Up on Pancakes, which evolved into this show. But when we still just had that show, when we did a the Great Gong Show in 2016, when when uh, <laughs> you know who became president uh, in the U.S. Um, I think I had that riff because it was on that episode when I just added in a little bit of acoustic oh, right. music. So it's been around for quite a while, which is the way a lot of these solo type things go for me. Um, so yeah, I brought that yeah, out so, and then yeah. you listened to it and we kind of came up with some lyrics for it last year. Um, and thanks for doing that. I don't know how to write lyrics. And I also don't know how to sing. Well, I've never really <laughs> put any time into it. So uh, I have a singer that I've been in contact with uh, who also met at Music Industry Arts shout out to them again great program especially for connections you know making some you know in our band that i yeah. just talked about and then this other project both I'd are say, related to mia so i'd say that's one of the bigger benefits you got from it without yeah. that yeah like i wouldn't know any of these people so and neither of these projects probably would have came out last week so well they probably she's got have been possible she's got a beautiful voice and so yeah the, it all came together within a couple days now that we've got all the parts but we got um some percussion in there. Yeah, the drummer Christmas from uh, the band I play in, Trusty Fox. I sent him the request. I just thought about it. You know, this last Friday, I was like, you know what? This song would be nice with some percussion. So I messaged him, and right away he was interested. I sent it to him, and you know, yeah, he recorded a, the snare, a snare drum for the verses and choruses, and a bunch of bell sounds and chimes. And then I was the producer, so I moved them around a bunch and structured the song, right. and I added a little bit of electric guitar and a little bit of synth and a bass guitar line. Um, I tried to keep it oh. somewhat simple because it's a very minimal, you know, there's already a lot going on, even just with the acoustic guitar when she sent her vocals back, you know, it sounded great. So you don't want to overdo it, but yeah. at the same time, I wanted to produce it a little more. So, Well, she did some harmonies that you got at the end of the song there, and then your electric guitar solo over top. It was awesome. Yeah, I'm, I was so. happy with the results, and I'm, I'm glad that you were. And thanks for writing the lyrics. Um, they have a pretty deep meaning. I don't know if we have time to really well, get into it. Well, it's awesome. Yeah, I think we'll talk. We can share but the song link sometime. Yeah, maybe we'll but. talk about it on an episode. Eventually, we'll play the song or something. Um, but it, it had to do with a, an experience I had five years ago that was pretty scary. 
an accident that I went in and uh, I mean, in some ways even scarier for the people, for everyone else than me, because I was sort of out of it and, right. you know. Well, that's what the song illustrates. The song takes place a lot of, of the time when you were out of, and you were out of it, so. Yeah. Um, just but yeah, it's, it's got a Christmas Christmas theme, so that's nice. It's called Lighting Up a Dark Season. So uh, yeah, we'll release that. You can't release it to anyone until it gets played on John, John's right, show. Right, it's, it's exclusive so. for his show. So we do, he plays it yeah. there first, and then we'll put it out. And We've played a couple right. songs way back in the past, if you dig back into our podcasts. I think that's another thing we did this year we should, we should mention. Finally got onto podcast services. and um, Oh, yeah, that's the biggest thing that we've done with Outlook, I think, yeah, other than pretty, this pandemic changing. Right, so that's a pretty things. big one. Outlook on Radio Western. Here I go again promoting, but that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Outlook on Radio Western. Just search it up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. We're still on SoundCloud, of course. So, yeah, just nice to get out into the podcast world as well. Um, but, yeah, I was saying that we played a couple songs because we have two others, actually, um, that we've done with this singer. Um, Imogen is her name. She's also from London. So we have a couple other ones. Um, and Yeah, we, we pretty much could put out a little... Uh, I don't know if you call it an album. If it's probably three an e- songs, an e- EP usually. Is an EP. The so, and it would be the, those three songs. But then you said we'd include their the little demos also on it because they are kind of neat to see how the song has evolved. Yeah, thought it might be cool to have a couple bonus things at the end. Um, so yeah, look forward to that in twenty twenty one. Hopefully, I'll have that. Well, thank you, thanks, because I, I I would love to put my my writing to work uh, to music and. Uh, yeah, it's not the kind of thing I could do so easily on my on my own. So I appreciate that you come along with the music, and I can put some. Well, my I just words think it's so it neat because then... it's such a collaborative project. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. I'm doing like the acoustic guitar and the guitars and the, the production essentially and the engineering. But you know, you're contributing, Imogen's contributing, Alex from my other band's contributing percussion. So there's four people on this, and you know, we picked a name too. We're calling it Ski Patrol, which actually a friend of our brother's. <laughs> um, suggested when we had we started this podcast way back before it became ketchup on pancakes and now well that's still around there will be one hopefully coming up soon in your in your rss feeds but uh (laughs) um it evolved from that that to that so now we were actually able to use ski patrol and i kind of like it because it's you know the kajuskis are the main sort of we're the two kind of behind it but i'm willing to have anyone involved you know like collaborate with different people on different songs i wouldn't be opposed you know to have a different singer someday on a song if we found someone else although our singer right now is great we don't really need one it's just you never know or if we want a male singer mixed in sometimes or any other musicians you know i had brought the drummer if i ever get good if we ever get any better yeah that's actually what uh my friend matt said he said he said oh how come carrie didn't play a note on it or something and you know i would love to i should have done i should have done even a tiny something yeah you probably could have done it it's a pretty minimal a lot of the parts are kind of minimal so you probably could have played a note or something but next time maybe on maybe on the other song we're working on decade adrift there you go find a spot for you to go into good wow i feel like i've done a lot of talking but, what uh, have we been okay we should well, get, what have what have uh yeah what have we been up to this year we should um, get down to our wrap already, up here we only we have under 20 minutes already, left, so you, you already mentioned the podcast thing right yeah um so that's and the a big pandemic one. obviously so let's just go through, well, you know I love numbers and stats and stuff. Yeah, so. tell, give me some stats. So currently right now, we're recording our 96th episode. There's 95 out right now. We're recording wow. our 96th, and then I said before we have one in the can. So technically, we have a 97th one ready. Um, right. So, so far this year, 40 we've aired 40 new episodes in 2020, and this is number 41 that we're recording right now. So 
In total, there'll be wow. 41, which I think is a top for our year. I mean, being able to do it from home in some ways makes it a little easier. There's no real cancellations, issues getting to the station. I think in previous years, maybe we did a few less, although probably maybe around the same, but um, just kind of mm-hmm. nice. And we also did very well for guests this year. So I wanted to quickly go through the guests that we had on um, throughout this year. Um, actually, maybe I'll start just briefly. So I already said how we started off the year with Braille Literacy Month. Um, mm-hmm. And then in March, just because this kind of signals the big change, March 9th was our last in-studio show. And on that show, we talked about coronavirus. This is when it was very, <laughs> very new still. And, you know, my early days, my opinions back then were a little bit uh, naive or whatever you say, <laughs> which, you know, a lot of people were like that. Um, but oh, it would yeah. just be interesting to hear again. I haven't actually heard it. Um, and then we also talked about International Women's Day and skating. And that's the thing that stuck out in my mind, skating, because I remember that was kind of the last full sort of family. Well, no, we did have one at the end of the summer when we were outside, socially distanced more. But um, this was the last time we kind of went into a place, really, I thought, I feel like. And skating for me is always a bit of a challenge. I've never really gotten good at it, whereas you're a little bit better. So that just kind of stuck in my mind. And it's just funny to think that that, or interesting, I guess, to think that that was our last in-studio show. Um, Yeah, I guess I'm going into more of these highlights before I go to the guests. Um, The other, another highlight I brought up was remembering Jean Little. She passed away. Back in May, I believe we did an episode in May, remembering her. That was also our last half hour episode. At that point, we were still doing reverse <laughs> half hour one week, hour the next. And then we switched to hour every week, which I'm glad that we did. I think it helps a lot, especially for all these interviews that we did. Right. The end of July, we had our National Federation of the Blind virtual convention episode. Lots of clips on that from people who were at the convention. We played clips from the convention. Just a great one to look into back into the podcasts. Uh, it was not a big event. And then in November, actually, he passed away back in October of cancer, unfortunately. But we played a tribute episode to a trailblazing guru and Outlook theme creator, Tom Decker. So rest in peace to him. Thanks again for creating our theme. It is great. We really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And uh, important to do a guest episode on him. So It was. So, yeah, I feel like I'm talking a lot but we had, that's okay we had a lot of show. interviews yeah so so we had 17 different guests on this year and i think in previous years maybe we had a, you know three or four in the studio maybe a little bit more sometimes but not definitely not 17 um i mean technically uh-huh. we had 18 appearances because we had one guest on twice um but 17 oh. different people um i forgot we had anybody on twice but yes we did yes we did um more of a the second time he was more of a sort of a guest. <laughs> He's more of a contributor host. guest. Yeah, at that point. But um, we'll see if he wants to do any more with us in 2021 when we tackle some really sort of serious <laughs> t- topics. Yeah. <laughs> um, or now that we get have Zoom op- opportunities, maybe we'll. Have, I think we should try an episode. You don't want to have too many people on, but it would be neat to have one. Well, we've been. We, there are talks of having one with our family. Um, but also, but I, think there, one. I think I think there's there's one in the works with Braille Literacy Canada, and I think two. Um, Two of the representatives would be willing to do a show with us, so that might work. Well, that'd be great, I think, to try having two. It'd be hard to have really yeah. more than that, I think. Um, it would, yeah. But uh, anyhow, <laughs> so we had our first guest in February, and that was an interview with Ben Fulton on Guide Dog Discrimination Case. So that's when we were still in the studio. Our first ever, or not our first, I guess, our second, I think, call-in 
interview and got a little bit rough starting out, but it ended up working out uh, great. And it was a very serious kind of show, but very important. Yeah. I know the case. It was all about tribunals and. Yeah. yeah, And that that comes up again later. So yeah, it was a, it was a serious episode, but good one to have, you know, bring awareness to important uh, things. So then Mm -hmm. in April we had Barry Toner. He's the guest that I said we had on twice, but back in April, he was on to talk about his trip to Vietnam. That was an hour long and uh, crazy to think that he went to Vietnam still this year. I mean, I also went to Victoria, right. British Columbia earlier in the year, um, which was also a pretty big deal, but just crazy that he went all the way to Vietnam right when this pandemic was kind of starting. I've been and... nowhere, nowhere this year. Right. Well, you've been to a lot of places though. I mean, I know it's it sucks though, not being able to travel i know you love travel so it's okay but yeah all right so in may we had an interview with ed barnes on guide dogs right he'd he i'd re i'd reconnected with him again recently on facebook and he and i'd got our what we got went to the guide dog school together in 1998 so yeah back in montreal or near montreal in quebec over 20 years ago so that's crazy then in june we had an interview with a writer named Leona Godin. Godin, how do you pronounce that? I might be Go- Godin. Godin, yep. Uh, you can yeah. find her at aromaticapoetica.com. <laughs> and that was a really interesting one that you lined up. Yeah, I'll be I'll be talking I'll be talking more about that in the new year because um, I'm one of her readers now for submissions for her website. So. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Then we had she, one she's more an interesting lady. Yeah, very interesting. It's a very upbeat kind of episode. I found yeah. lots of energy. Um, yeah. And then the end of June, we also had a interview. This is the repeat, actually, if you were listening in last week that we replayed. Um, it was an interview oh, yeah. with an ally of the Canadian Federation of the Blind, Thelma Fail. She's out west in Victoria, British Columbia. And uh, that was mm-hmm. a really great interview. She's just a great person. Um, highly recommend you listen yeah, she's to Yeah, she's a, she's a writer. and Yeah. Yeah. So Very then, supportive of us, us and Outlook. For sure, yeah. So in July, we had no guests. That was the busy month with yeah. the, the... the... The main thing I did over the summer, which basically was lasted from May till August, was this Crip Camp virtual sessions every Sunday on Zoom. It was like an advocacy training type thing. and So that that's what I did over the summer. So maybe that's what I was preoccupied with. Yeah, no, that was an interesting... I caught a couple of those when I was over at your place and the one where Barack Obama stopped by was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so then August, this is where our guests really started to pick up, I feel like. So August the yeah. 10th, we had an interview with the Blind History Lady. You can find right. out more at theblindhistorylady.com. She is from Colorado. Incidentally, that's also where uh, uh, Leona was from. So it seems like we just had a lot of guests from the same places just by chance. Um but that was a very interesting one, highly worth checking out. Um, and like I said, August was busy. On the, the next week, on the 17th, we had educational assistant Melissa Houthausen. She is part of the family. Uh... Our brother-in-law's sister. <laughs> I know, I was about to say that, and then I, I sometimes we make the joke that we don't know family, sometimes I get confused. I didn't want to say the wrong thing. Um, but she's been doing great work out in Alberta. Um working with a blind student out there. That was also a great mm-hmm. one. And then at the end of August, we had an uh, interview with CEO of C3D, Caroline Karbowski. And you can find that at S-E-E, the number three, the letter D, dot org. So that's C3D.org. Yeah, very industrious young lady. 
Yeah, it's a pretty crazy one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd get more, a little bit more into it, but we we're kind of getting tight on time, so I might get through these guests. Um, in September, we kind of kept <laughs> we have this. To finish our 2020 review. We kind of kept this streak going. We've had three weeks in a row. Here's our fourth week in a row. On September the 7th, we had Canadian Federation of the Blind President Mary Ellen Gabius. That one was over the phone. That was a great mm-hmm. one. Go to cfb.ca to find out more about the CFB. And then at the end of September, we had an episode discussing music braille and more with Sarah Jevnikar. She's uh, from here locally in London, works at the bank. Um, yeah, just a interesting. Try, trying to get a few more London people, local people for Radio Western broad, broadcasting purpose. Yeah, for sure. Get some people in the area. Then in October, we started, we continued our music discussions. We had uh, Patricia Elgersma on. She is from out west as well in British Columbia. We talked about her perfect pitch. I know you were pretty fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. And we also yep. talked about mental mapping. Mm-hmm. Um, All those terms. Yeah, right. A couple weeks later, we had the an episode called The Melody Chamber with guest Rob Castrogiovanni. I like how you commented on Local London. episode. Yeah, another local London one. <laughs> um, just wanted a quick update on him. He does have the website up now. If you go to themelodychamber.com, you can check out his work there. Pretty much trying to make an inclusive community for all musicians um, in London and beyond. And I also wanted to mention he uh, has started hosting some open mics over Zoom on Thursday nights. Um, if you if you look up themelodychamber.com, you'll find more info about it or there's links to his Facebook on there as well. But I went to the first one and it was great. I just went to listen. I didn't perform, but it just sounded great. And, you know, there were, you know, at least a dozen people there, I think. And it was a great turnout. So I want to say good for him and proud of him for that. Um, and then the end of October, or October, we see how many guests here. We had an episode with Melissa from the website Happiness is Blind. You can go to happinessisblind.com. She was talking about a baby. Well, not uh, yeah, a baby p- positive message. Yeah, it was well. Or is he? Yeah, still he's a baby? still. He's he's one and a half, but yeah, the positive message is the blindness, not all just doom and gloom. Yeah, it was very nice to just see a, a mother so involved in in uh, in mm-hmm. her son with that. Yeah, and really, it just brings us back. Or learning brings about me back. it. Yeah, it takes us back. We're doing the advocacy now, but back then, you know, our parents did that stuff, and this just gave us a glimpse into the before times or whatever you want to call them. Um, then we had in November an accessibility life, an interview with Patrick Bouchard. He is from uh, Barrie, Ontario, another Ontarian guest. The end of November, we had mm-hmm. a bike lane case discussion with Oriano Belusic. He is also a mm-hmm. member of the CFB from out West. And the bike lane case was came up a couple times on the show. Go to cfb.ca to learn more about it. Just serious stuff about the safety of bike lanes and how these new ones aren't necessarily the safest for visually impaired people to cross. So check that out for discussions on that. And then in December here, we had from Accessible Media Incorporated and Kelly and Company, we had Kelly McDonald, another local London guest, talking about his show on (laughs) AMI. Go to ami.ca to hear that. And then the most recent guest, 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 guest with... uh, Judy Robinette from alifeworthliving.ca. And that website is still being developed, making more accessible. It's up, but not officially launched yet. Um, So we'll keep you updated on that. 
And uh, yeah, that's there. Uh, there you go. That's a lot of guests. Yeah, that brings us to the end of the year, obviously. And uh, like I said, I got a lot of stuff already planned in the works and thought ideas for outlook for 2021. Uh, so, well, we don't know how the pandemic will go, but we know that we can keep doing this, uh, obviously, even though we can't go into the radio station. And again, we want to thank Radio Western for all their support. Yeah, thanks a, Thanks this. so much to Radio Western. I really appreciate, you know, we do. I do my music show on Fridays at noon that I love doing. And then this show came along after that, you know, in September of 2018. And it's just great to have two shows on the station and, and just have this this the option to uh talk about all this stuff and have it all out there is so important um yeah i don't know we're down to the last minute and a half or so of the show what a well i just wanted to say say that happy um new year everybody thanks for listening to outlook this year and i hope you'll listen again in 2021 um we got some um world braille day events coming up and uh, you can go to nels.ca and nels.ca for more information. They're having a, a French Canadian um, birthday toast to Louis Braille on January 4th. So. Oh, yeah. We also did a little episode uh, back before I went out to BC um, called Dear Louis. Um, so we mm. talked about Louis Braille. You know, we talk about him every year around Braille literacy, month, yeah, of course. But, uh, but uh, of course, this is this is uh, going to be done on Zoom, and they they say BYOC, which is bring your own cupcake. Get it? <laughs> Funny, clever. <laughs> so All yeah, right. that's those events. Those events are starting um, Pacific Standard Time on January fourth. So. All right. Well. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to Radio Western. Thanks for all the listeners subscribing to the podcast. Outlook on Radio Western on all podcast services. And happy new year! Happy new year! Stay safe. Wear a mask. And uh, we'll see you next year. Find us on Twitter at Outlook CFB and on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Outlook on Radio Western.